the free for all roundtable round one on round one today toronto city councillor shelly carroll is here amanda galbraith principal at navigator also host of free for all fridays on news talk 1010 pavan broch is here serial entrepreneur in marketing tech and real estate development and a part-time farmer i don't know pavan if i've ever asked you what do you farm well, we've done it all. <laughs> it seems we 50 head of cattle at one time, Ooh. you know, uh, goats, chickens, uh, and right now miniature goats, miniature goats from uh, from Nigeria. We're trying to breed those guys so and organic gardens as well. Yeah, the miniature goats, is that so you can make small sweaters or what? <laughs> <laughs> it was because my wife took yoga, and we were looking at, to head down that route for, at the farm as well. But yeah, we're, we've scaled down a bit. We're, we're still doing it, and it's all organic. Good to know. Okay, so listen, let's uh, let's actually start, Shelley Carroll, since you're here and you have ruled out running for mayor. Uh, any thoughts on mm-hmm. the possibility the former Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders might run? I have to think this is one of those situations where there are certain quote-unquote power brokers in the city, and they choose their candidates and then they have to push them into it yeah there there's a lot of pressure out there um the field is getting crowded as it is but people seem to want it more crowded because there's just endless pressure uh, on everyone to run well even myself even though i've said no i'm not running i i'm even getting letters through the post i was telling amanda this morning uh but but you know it's going to be a very crowded field and and uh uh, anyone getting in, be it you know a name like like Mark Saunders or, or anyone else who just thinks they could do a better job of the city, um, really better be thinking long and hard because they're 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 following a tough act and the city has some really dire needs right now. Yeah, Amanda Galbraith, I have to think you're one of those people actually that uh, if somebody declares, they're either going to come to you before or after that. But I mean, is anybody circling you yet? Oh, yeah. But I keep just holding out my baby in the way to see if they will. Wait! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'm still a jerk with Shelly, but I'm like, I keep getting calls and messages, and which is fine. It's flattering and it's exciting to me that so many people want to, you know, lead the city um, at a time, as Shelly points out, Kessler points out, that we, uh, we need um, strong leadership there. But I will also say she's right. It's a tough act to follow. As we know, um, former Mayor Tory worked like 14 hours a day, and that's not easily replaced, not to mention the fact that I think the city is rightfully demanding of of somebody who will sort of solve a lot of key issues like crime. So um, I think it's 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 really great that anyone puts their name forward for this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, part of the job of mayor, candidly, is, is very available, right? Being very public, being kind of the face of the city, you're sort of like a human sandwich board at times. Um, and uh, so candidates, including former Chief Saunders, would have to take that into account. Like, you can't just hide you can't just work in city hall like you really have to be out there every day talking to people dealing with them that's a big part of the job yeah pavan i i like him personally but i also find mark saunders to be such a low-key individual uh i think that's part of the reason why he couldn't win as an mpp yeah i i was you know i followed him when he was the police chief and um you know it was pretty ho-hum we 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 still have we have this major crime issue obviously with with crime now confirmed on the ttc to be up 46 percent or whatever um, so I don't think his legacy is necessarily all that great. And then, you know, he ran provincially, he failed uh, to win, and uh, he, he declared that his political itch was over. <laughs> so so I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's ironic. Okay, well, Shelley, let's turn to the TTC and the spike in violence. Um, I don't think, I mean, we have the hard numbers now to confirm what we probably yeah. already knew. I mean, when I heard somebody was attacked with a broken bottle last week, I thought, I think I'm done with the subway for a while. 
Yeah, and that's that's the real concern because the lower the ridership goes, uh, the more uh, the kind of people doing these acts feel emboldened. And so, you know, it's why just on the basis of preliminary numbers, uh, we we acted quickly the, from from the mayor's office and from the the senior management team at the TTC. They were down in the system themselves, but we also, you know, before the budget and at, through the budget, have added security forces to the system. But also, more importantly, a lot of uh, preventative measures, a lot of uh, what I call social work approach, um, safety ambassadors. We have a mental health program down there, MDOT, that is uh, working alongside some streets to homes workers because we've got a triage out of the system people who are are seeking refuge in it because they're 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 just as at risk as anyone else uh, but but really making the system safe so that we can increase ridership and and give people the confidence if they're being asked to go back to work they've got to feel confident getting there via the TTC and so in the short term there are lots of extra security forces and police officers down there but in the long term I hope that that social work approach that really helps those people that are troubled on the TTC is a long-term approach. It needs to stay. Amanda, one of your specialties is crisis management. Maybe the TTC should be hiring you. (laughs) I don't know if they can afford me, but I do it for free if I get the thing fixed. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think, listen, I think the counselors, all those things need to happen, right? And um, so I'd say, and we saw, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but this is very similar to what happened in New York. Um, yeah. You know, post COVID, there was a massive mental health pandemic. People started acting out, violent acts, all kinds of things. They did similar approaches the city of Toronto is doing, which includes like a surge of police officers and other sorts of things. Um, but let's say eventually we get to a point where things level off. Because I too, like candidly, and a lot of these crimes are against women, right? So I, I'm not really right. interested to get on there anyway. And I love, I love, I ride the streetcar almost every day. Like I don't have a car, I take the baby around. Like that's what I do. Um, and you know, it makes me nervous. Um, so if I'm nervous, the average Torontonian is nervous. So once, let's say we get this fixed, which I think will happen, the TTC's then got a huge PR issue. They've got a reputation issue, which they're going to have to deal with and yes. fix because people will not feel safe. Um, and it's going to take a while to feel safe. And I would argue, I think this will be a key issue in the upcoming mayoral election is how are you going to make the TTC in the city feel safe? A couple of stories today that have a connection to Indigenous issues. One of them would be that there is an MP proposing we make it a hate crime to deny residential school genocide. Uh, Pavan, that's a bit, I mean, I understand the sentiment involved, but that's a bit of a fraught proposal. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's another you know, kind of classic example of not focusing on what the issues are at hand uh, in the country, and and actually dealing substantially with the mental health issues that that the descendants and survivors are dealing with, and dealing with uh, you know all of the things that we need to do to make them healthier and better, and instead kind of just continuing down this this discussion of, uh, of virtue signaling around you know can you say this or can you not say this? I think I think we know that that wrong was committed. We can't deny people the right to have discussions around um, the findings in the report that specifically state and, uh, you know, that there were issues around TB and there were issues around horrible care that was uh, that was not, you know, that was, uh, you know, dispensed to these poor children. We have to be able to talk about things without being uh, afraid of uh, being accused of committing a crime. Uh, and we need to continue to focus on the problem, which is helping these people get better and get healthier and, and also building all of Canada. 
Yeah, and Shelley Carroll, I have some pretty serious issues, some columnists in particular who seem to be in the cottage industry of denying uh, injustices toward uh, indigenous peoples. But the idea of making residential school, like, you know, denying residential school genocide, which actually is a disputable issue in the first place, uh, kind of puts me off. Well, and it's because you you can't that that can't always be just political. It has to be these are matters for the court. There there are still people to this day um, uh, going through legal processes over whether or not it's a hate crime that they deny the Holocaust. We have we have, we have a whole nation still denying that genocide happened in Armenia, and so all of these things end up matters for the court. And so, sort of playing political brinksmanship. Uh, in a partisan way over, you know, do you really accept the the uh, the MMIW inquiry or not and prove it by making this extra step? Um, you can't leap over the courts. It, it's simply, you know, forcing it into the courts for that discussion. And you're going to find it's much more complex than perhaps that, uh, that uh, uh, um, member of parliament really thought. I don't know that they thought this fully through. Another member of parliament is proposing that we should have something called a red dress alert, which would be basically an amber alert, but for when an indigenous woman goes missing. And Amanda Galbraith, this is one of those times where I, again, I recognize the nobility of the intention here, but I'm not necessarily convinced that this is a good policy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all born from the idea that we are grappling with what we as a country did to indigenous people, right? Is how do we speak about it? How do we deal with it? How do we acknowledge it? How do we recognize that indigenous women are being targeted and murdered um, at a rate that, you know, if this happened to a white woman, people would be losing their minds. So I think all these things are are, are noble and smart. Um, I think the implementation of them, I just pointed out the last round, is, is, is important, right? Because it totally, I think, takes away from what we're trying to do if you put in, you know, silly legislation, frankly, that calls something a genocide without actually, I'm sure if you had to ask between putting legislation to make calling it not a genocide a crime or like having clean drinking water reserves, we'd say clean drinking water, right? I think that's more important. So I think as a country, as we grapple with this, to me, it's like, let's focus on making sure that going forward, the lives of Indigenous people are as high quality, as safe as, as, as the ones for I live every day. And I think that's something that we should be focusing on as opposed to, you know, nice sounding bills and legislation. Um, Shelly Carroll, let me start with you since you are a city councillor um, on the issue of the redevelopment of portions of the Toronto Islands. I didn't know that one of the <laughs> projects might be taking Hanlon's Point and turning it into a concert venue. I, I don't even understand where the idea comes from. Uh, well, this is what happens in a master planning exercise. There's, you know, a couple of years of blue skying and, and all of the ideas are on the table. But uh, this this is a, a, a situation of things getting a little blown out of proportion. One of the dangers, if it, when you follow a careful schedule of consultation and community work and, and, and carry it out over a long period of time, is as you get closer to the end, people who haven't been paying attention suddenly 
uh, gain consciousness and, <laughs> and things blow up. And that's basically what happened here. Uh, you know, our email box, box were, were, were flooded, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 by the end of the day. Uh, emails for, for some counselors about this, this issue. And in fact, it is not yet decided. There will be tonight a, uh, a virtual meeting uh, to get as many people in the 2SLGBTQ community to, to come and look at the, the, the full breadth of the proposal and, uh, and understand what it is. Because it, it, it's everything from, do you want a full festival concert venue? Because the people have long thought about that and for this community would be a great thing to, do you just want to plug in here so that you can have musicians come and play? It, it's, it's everything and everything in between. And so presentation will be given and people will, will really give their input now that, that, Everyone in that community is now aware of this issue. But it's important to remember, if you're coming late to the game to a master planning exercise, you have to listen real carefully to the to the options. And then, by all means, we want your opinion. But nothing is decided yet. All right. Good to know. Shelley Carroll, Pavan Brach, Amanda Galbraith. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.